Hello, everyone. Happy New Year, season's greetings, and welcome to the season four premiere of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the editor-in-chief of the site. Welcome, everybody, uh, to, uh, yeah, I can't believe four seasons of this. Of course, uh, we started this podcast in 2020 during that time we don't want to talk about because we're all going nuts. But now we have... kept this podcast going, talking about all sorts of crazy fun things with our friends from around the country and around the world. Um, This episode, episode 140, we're starting the new year off a little differently. We are going to be doing our first ever rewatch series, and that is going to be something you're going to be seeing a lot of this year. Uh, The series we're doing this time around, of course, is the Cornetto Trilogy, which is the Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, Nick Frost series of films. Uh, Later this year, you'll also be uh, listening to our rewatches of all the Indiana Jones films and all the Mission Impossible films in celebration of the new releases of those films as well. Uh, We've got a lot of great stuff coming up. Of course, the next three weeks would be Cornetto. And then we're closing out the month with a review of The Last of Us, the first few episodes of that. But I'd be remiss if I delayed any longer in uh, welcoming in uh, this wonderful cast of human beings joining me on this journey. Um, and these uh, these four people joining me were a part of our biggest year ever on Socially Distance. Uh, we tripled our audience. So thank you, all three of you who now listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> no, we uh, we created the, we uh, quadrupled the amount of, of, of time that we put. So that means we talked a lot on Spotify. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And of course, joining me is the guy who came up with the idea for the podcast, but did literally nothing in the execution of this podcast. He is one of the most talented, lazy human beings I've ever met in the, the face of the planet. One of my best friends, the double dad, live from the ranch in Al Manorino. Buddy, we're talking about one of your favorite movies today. No, this is, it's not one of my favorite movies. This, this is my favorite movie. This is my favorite movie of all time. I'm so excited to talk about it. Uh, joining us uh, last year at this time, she was the resident guest for our Boba Book Club. So now, a year later, she's actually talking about something good. Uh, she is the human Star Wars encyclopedia and will be uh, the captain of our podcast when we talk about The Mandalorian Season 3. I just sprung that on her right now. Uh, of course, everyone's favorite, Amanda Rivas. Dude, we're back. Somehow we survived that the holiday special episodes. Somehow we didn't combust in laughter, like just literally turn into like the splat that Hans Gruber became or the cocaine left on Ellis's desk. So how are you? How was your holidays? Uh, It was it was great. That was such a fun way to start the holiday season for me talking about justice for Ellis. That's all. And and, uh, now the hot take. In fact, we're talking about it yesterday the hot take on home alone too which is great or home alone now <laughs> forever oh and ever <laughs> one of the the greatest things yes. ever said on this podcast quite possibly Al, i don't know if you can back me up on this you probably don't you don't back me up on much but i think you on this one of the greatest things said on this podcast and maybe any podcast ever was the statement that if you watch the movie home alone outside of the holiday season you, sir, madam, and our non-binary friends, you are a pervert. And that <laughs> was said by the magical lad himself, 
Tyler McCarthy. You fucking genius. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Of course, Tyler, you can find his podcast along with uh, his significant other, and some would say, many would say, his better half, Allie Nelson. Welcome to the show as well. Fortunately, could not make the Die Hard uh, podcast because we were told she was actually fighting terrorists in Dulles Airport. Um, she did good, but of course, the quality of not her Nakatomi actions were, you know, much better. Um, <laughs> as, so you could find their podcast, the Not Couple Goals, on the newly rebranded Pop Break Today feed that used to be the Breakcast feed. We've now uh, Alex Marcus, our executive producer, is rebranded to Pop Break Today, which you could find some of my podcasts on too, and I'll get to that later. So, Allie, welcome back. I'm glad to hear you're feeling better. I'm glad hey. your bullet wounds have uh, healed. Yeah, and, for the uh, most part. That's good. Now we're going to talk about that time you were in northern London and uh, dodging zombies, because we are going to be talking about Shaun of the Dead, the first installation in the Cornetto trilogy. But before we get into that, we must go into the pregame, our segment that uh, just delays us from getting to the actual part of the podcast. And our pregame this week is not going to be anything news centric, but it's going to be our pop culture New Year's resolution, something that we want to do this year. And we have to put our minds to it, whether it's you know, getting through that Netflix backlog or reading more comics, watching more anime, or just reminding me that I'm great. Um, that one, no one's doing. So don't worry about it. Uh, I want to hear what you guys have on for your pop culture resolutions. Al, I'm sure you're, you've got one. What do you got? Yeah. So I'm taking some time off in the end of March into April. <laughs> For paternity, so you're just like I'm taking time off from. I'm taking time off culture. from this podcast. No, I'm taking time before. <laughs> I, I know I did. Uh, I'm taking. Uh, my wife goes back to work, and I'll be taking care of the baby. So I have like a month where I want to catch up on a lot of things. I think I mentioned at the last episode I want to catch up on Atlanta. Um, I, I've always wanted to watch the Studio Ghibli movies. I wanted to add those yeah. to my list. I've seen a, like maybe one or two, uh, but loved. The what I've saw, so I want to probably binge those. Um, I have two books to read, including one about Phoenix. Very excited about it. Let's right over there, and uh, one about the movie we're going to be talking about a little bit. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff I want to definitely either rewatch, watch for the first time, read, catch up on. Uh, but you know, it's a New Year's resolution, so I'm sure it will not happen. Fantastic. Allie, what do you got on for your resolution in the realm of pop culture? Well, I'm always saying that I want to catch up on like the seminal movies that I've missed. Like I've never seen Apocalypse Now, like The Godfather. I watched when I was really stoned, so I basically didn't watch it. Like movies like that. I would <laughs> love that episode of Not Couple Goals where you're <laughs> baked out of your brain just talking about The Godfather for three hours. Yeah. Everything I was out of my head. Like I just had, I was like, wait who's dead now like i really need to actually watch why it why does james khan have so more hair in his body than his head <laughs> yeah if there's a movie to watch high as a georgia pine it's absolutely uh the a movie as subtle as die Hard, or not die Hard, the godfather <laughs> so i'm always uh, saying on. i want to do high that is a georgia pine or pie Pine. pine. Their trees are very tall. Uh, well, listen, I'm gonna i'm gonna go with pie so because that's where it's on my brain so you what it so what is like a top 
seminal movie that you want to say apocalypse now godfather yeah definitely have to do the whole godfather trilogy mm, you um, could skip the third one i've missed a lot of the best picture winners you know like i, I never saw spotlight um so i kind of want to go back and watch a few of the ones that i always said i want to watch all of the best picture winners and maybe go in like reverse order so maybe i'll actually do that this year nice uh, amanda how about you so i'm gonna try to watch more live action type of shows i guess i watch a lot of anime that's probably 90 if it's not anime it's star wars <laughs> so i'm always in that realm because that's just what I, I love and i'm comfortable with and i'm a creature of habit love my same movies over and over again can watch jurassic park a million times um yeah but i i definitely want to catch up on more um more shows like yellowstone or you know uh for for ben you know, Peaky Blinders. I'm going to rewatch that. Yeah, uh, I've been trying to do just, that for three years. And it's yeah, not worked well for me. Just, just um, more again, kind of popular shows that again, I I usually am like, I'll get to that. Add to queue, kind of the Netflix side. That was me. Um, you know, add to queue. I'll get to it at some point. That's that's. I'm going to try. I'm still going to watch all my anime. Get me wrong. The, the next year of anime is going to be fantastic as well with this season just having finished up. But um, yeah, that's my that's my goal is to watch actual actors, not just animated people do stuff. <laughs> For me, I'm going to actually try and read more comic books this year. I started getting back into that uh, late last year, uh, picked up a couple books over the summer, uh, really was into it. I definitely want to pick up some of the stuff, especially that's going to be referenced in future Marvel stuff like uh, Secret Wars, not the original one that I actually did read, um, and House of M and a few others I would definitely want to get into. Also, I have to watch The Nice Guys this year because I didn't do it last year. Don't shake your head at me, Al. You still haven't watched The Matrix, a movie you will <gasps> fucking love. Like, absolutely. He shakes it off. But when he watches oh, it, he's going right. to be like, Bill, this is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my I life. Mean, and I'm like, I know. We could. First. So you've seen No Matrix. He's that. Yeah. He's he tries to no sell it like it's no big deal, but. He also does own it on DVD, which is the most. You know he told me I, that. I think I do own that on Blu-ray. Yeah, that's. It's just infuriating as a friend. Um, but yeah, uh, that's the thing. So um, I am going to watch the Nice Guys and read more comic books this year, graphic novels this year. That is my goal, Tyler. I'm going to close it out with you. I assume somehow it's being cast in the new Daredevil series, or just <laughs> finding your way onto set. Yeah, just breaking into someone's trailer. I'll settle. I'll, I, ideally, Charlie Cox. I'll settle for Vincent D'Onofrio or uh, the guy who plays Foggy, whose name I used to know. Uh, the guy from the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, I think, um, first of all, Nice Guys, great movie. You're going to love it. I I think I, uh, my, my lovely wife is very cool and we get to play a lot of video games together. I love playing video games. Uh, we play a lot of No Build Fortnite together, which is fun. Um, when I'm, when I get some solo time though, I'm dropping into a lot of multiplayer games, hunt showdown, shout out to that game back for blood. Uh, but this year I want to just try and play through at least one like solo narrative game, like a quality storied game. Uh, and I'm looking, I'm eyeing hard the, uh, uh, Spider-Man that came out for PS5 a while back or PS4 was, I forget. I think it was, I think you could play it, I think you could play it on both. Yeah. But, uh, came out on PC, I have this lovely gaming computer behind me and I'd like to try to play a nice narrative game excellent i think those are all attainable goals that 
probably Amanda and Allie will get through. Um, <laughs> so fantastic. But let's talk about a movie we all have watched and we all hold near and dear to our hearts. So let's raise a pint and pack your party bags, people. It's going to be a large one because we're starting with the Cornetto Trilogy rewatch, Shaun of the Dead. Yes, Let's get into our Sean of the pod. We're going to start with our first segment, which is uh, you've got red on you. And that is our humble beginnings with Sean of the dead. So Al, this is your favorite movie. And I want to know where you first discovered this film and when you first watched it. Um, This is, it's not a interesting story at all. It was someone at someone in high school. Uh, oh it was like in, was a, it was like in conversation oh. someone said like oh i just saw this it was funny and i'm like all right cool so i want to say like maybe 06 07 like probably around then so it came out in 04 so i probably saw it like two or three years later uh caught it on cable in in Manahawken, which i am now back in and yeah i just loved it i just instantly loved it i, I don't think it was my favorite movie ever but it was definitely uh very enjoyable and i kept going back to it but it was it really introduced me to Wright and peg and frost i know we're gonna get into that in a little bit oh we will um but yeah that i mean it just uh again not an interesting story but yeah that's how i kind of watched it well it's, what i would love to know too is since this is a, a rom zomcom a, a, a romantic zombie comedy yeah. uh what was your relationship with zombie movies before this even started yeah before you ever um, watched it i think this was it was i think this and Zack snyder's slash james gunn uh their dawn of the dead so i i believe i had watched that kind of right after ryan uh demarco uh worst person worst person ever ever, ever been on this podcast piece of shit hate him he uh Awful. best best man in my wedding he and now mm, godfather like to my third, da- godfather to like my daughter third, third oh, i could have been that but i mean third alternate <laughs> as your best man yeah third alternate so worst speech uh, worst speech worst speech no he had great speech Love oh speech. lucas had a bad too yeah it was terrible <laughs> lucas thanks for editing the podcast <laughs> yeah thanks thanks luke um no they um i remember ryan showing me dawn the dead and that kind of like started the whole it was like right around like when the zombie craze was like kind of gearing up i i think right not right after that but shortly after i would pick up the walking dead comics before the show i was one of the people uh who was like oh i actually know that this like this book is really really good it was like it was the hottest book uh in comics and before the show came out, I was like, oh, I'm really excited because the comic is awesome. And uh, yeah. And then we got like 30 years of The Walking Dead, unfortunately. And then you were sorely let down after the yeah. first few seasons. Um, <laughs> Amanda, same questions go to you. Where did you first discover Shaun of the Dead? When did you first see it? And your relationship with that zombie subgenre? So I saw the movie in theaters when it came out. I went with uh, an ex-boyfriend at the time. And uh, should not be named because we only love Brandon on this podcast. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Friend of the show, Um, guest on the show. (laughs) But um, yeah, I remember seeing the trailers for it. And that that was kind of, it piqued my interest at the time. And, and, um, you know, I'm a big fan of, I love British comedy, British humor. Um, very much like Bonnie Python style, you know, I, nice. I, I love, I've always loved kind of the, the 
the British comedy scene. So, uh, so we, we went, saw it. I really, really liked it. It's, and of course we'll talk about it. I know we'll go in detail, but, um, I really enjoyed it. And before that with zombies, I remember one of my best friends in actually in middle school, um, we're still best friends to this day. My friend, Maudie, uh, she showed me the George Romero, Dawn of the Dead, uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, kind of that whole, his whole, you know, zombie type of movies. And so, um, really liked that. And so I just really, I've always just, it's not something I've like run to theaters to go watch, but I enjoy it whenever I catch a good zombie movie. Um, World War Z, loved it, loved the book. It's still one of my favorites to go back to and read. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think zombies are cool. I just hope that that's why I do cardio. Because when the zombie apocalypse comes, maybe we they will have... get into we will get into zombie preparation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Worry. Always prepare. Always prepare. Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, so as for me, I uh, much like you, Amanda. I am grew up as a big British comedy fan. Uh, my family used to watch the um, basically the BBC Comedy Hour. Essentially, that was on PBS. Like, uh, are you being served and whatnot? Uh, Faulty Towers. So I was always drawn to British comedy. Um, I really liked Guy Ritchie's first few movies, mm-hmm. and um, I was obsessed with them in college. And I was tr- desperately trying to make remake them with my friends, and did horribly. But uh, I will never show this to you guys, by the way. Um, so I remember my college girlfriend and I both saw a trailer for this before some movie, and in two thousand four. Um, and she's like, Oh, I want to see that. I'm like, you couldn't get through kill bills first five minutes. I don't think you're going to get through this film. One of our many arguments ensued. Oh, well, uh, and then I remember I just totally forgot about it. Saw it on a, uh, saw it on a trailer for something else. And this was the first movie I ever rented on Netflix. This was the first disc, maybe not true. But I'm going to say it's true because I can't remember 2006. You got <laughs> Tyler and Allie were my combined were the combined age of me when I first watched this film at the time. So I remember I rented it probably the same year as 2000. I know Al math is not my strong point. Um, yeah, I mean, come on, bro. Uh, so it's um, one of the first movies I ever watched on Netflix. Um, I got the, the disc popped it in and immediately in love with it. And as for me, zombies before that, the only thing I liked about zombies was video games. Like I liked playing House of the Dead in various arcades when arcades were, you know, still in malls and, um, you know, different PS PlayStation games like Resident Evil and stuff like that. Like, that's the only thing I never I was a horror movie guy at all. I was very squeamish around horror movies. So this to me was I was still a little trepidatious going into this because I'm like, oh, no, this still is scary. Uh, but it was also hilarious. So that kind of definitely assuaged a lot of the fear. So, um, Allie, how about you? I know Tyler was like, Allie loves this movie. Got to get her on to talk about it. She likes it a lot more than Die Hard. So you're going to be good. Uh, I just wanted Allie's hot takes on Bruce Willis. That's all I wanted. Um, just be like, ah, he's trash. And I'd be like, ah, it's hilarious. Uh, but you know, we'll get, we'll get to that someday. Uh, we'll do a last, uh, last boys podcast. No, we're not. Um, so when did you first uh, hear or see this movie, hear about this movie, see it and your, your, you know, your relationship with the zombie movies? I know you watched a lot of a lot of stuff when you were growing up. So I just especially, you know, going back to Ghost, um, yeah. just go check out our last couple goals podcast on uh, yeah, great episode. 
pop break to, pop break today. Yeah. So uh, yeah, tell us about your experience with Sean. So uh, I'll start with my experience with zombies. Um, I, I grew up watching the X-Files and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and like pretty much having like the sci-fi channel on in the background. So nice. I loved horror, but I also was like a huge Freddy cat. Like I was I was a big coward growing up. So I had like I would watch horror movies and then just wouldn't sleep or would beg my parents to sleep on their floor for like way too long. Uh, so by the time uh, 28 Days Later came out, that's oh, when I really it. loved zombies because... I think I was finally old enough where I was like maybe like 12 or so where it wasn't so terrifying and I could actually appreciate how just good the movie was and like the concept of it. So that kind of launched me into zombies where after we went to that, we rented like the whole George Romero, like, you know, went all the way through from Night of the Living Dead to Land of the Dead, which definitely drops in quality as we go. (laughs) Um, And yeah, anything sort of zombie that I could watch. So I remember seeing the trailer for Shaun of the Dead before a movie that we rented, which I guess it's like I was on a DVD trailer before yep. a movie that we had rented. So it shows how old everything is. Uh, and then my mom rented it the following year when her friend recommended it. But I remember after seeing the trailer, it's a very effective trailer. It's very funny, also scary. So I was really excited when we finally rented it because I'd been wanting to see it since I saw the trailer. So I must it must have been like 2005. So like when it became available to rent, I watched it. And it's, it, it was also like Al said, it was not my favorite movie immediately, but I did love it i thought it was hilarious but now that i'm older and i've watched it so many times it is tied for uh the top spot of my favorite movie with eternal sunshine of spotless mind so oh, these are my what, two top favorites what a what a goddamn film my best yeah. friend turned i watched it with my best friend he turned to me and says i cannot wait till you break up with your girlfriend so you totally get this movie and i'm like <laughs> really <laughs> fucked up dude <laughs> so tyler close us out yeah um so my my like zombie movie like uh, uh, origin story is growing up. Um, my parents we were always going to Blockbuster, and they were very good about like my brother who's four years older than me. They were very good about being like, well, Ryan's allowed to rent this level of movie. Tyler, why don't you rent this like orange VHS from Nickelodeon? Uh, but what they, <laughs> they were yeah. What they were good about was when we got home, making sure that Ryan didn't just invite me into the room where he was watching these horror movies and let me watch. So by the time this movie came out, I was like 12 or 13 and I was seasoned. Jason, Michael Myers, Chucky. Seasoned. uh, Like Like a grizzled young veteran. Oh yeah, you can't. (laughs) I was fine. Um, But one of the things we got obsessed with like years prior was uh, the, the first one he rented was the remake of Night of the Living Dead. Right. Which at the time, not a bad movie, but an inferior product by comparison to the original. Um, but like that and every other like zombie thing under the sun. So when Shaun of the Dead came out, by that time, I was just like, whenever I would get access to the family computer, I was looking up trailers on Yahoo. And I'm sure it just came across there. And I was like, a comedy, but a zombie movie? Whoa, like blew my tiny little mind. Um, the problem was... I wanted to see it in theaters, but my my mother just doesn't go to the theater. She has her reasons. And my father goes sparingly. So it was a lot. And that year he took us to see Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder, James Gunn one. He took us to see it twice. And like fun fact about that movie, when you watch it once, if you try to watch it like a couple weeks later, as soon as the opening credits start and you get past that awesome scene where everything's just falling to chaos, you're kind of good. But there's a lot more movie left. So I didn't end up seeing it in theaters. 
I had to wait until it came on VHS and I could scoop it up in one of our blockbuster runs. And then I did. And like, yeah, I loved it, but I was young. So we'll get into it later. But like, because I was grizzled and seasoned in horror, I got all the like zombie movie references. It, it was, was life that you didn't get. It was, it was a story about a man growing up that went clear over my head. I was like, screw this lady. Who do you need her for? She's slowing you down. Wow. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> I take. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Liz and Bob. Not a team still hold, of course. But at the time I was like, let's get to the zombies, shall we? Oh God. Um, let's get into shit. Let's get into our next segment, which is uh yeah, boy, which is of course uh also was the inspiration for one of socially distanced first segments, which was a slice of fried gold. Um, it was, we had that audio in and we quickly took that out. Cause we're like, Oh shit, we don't want to get sued. Uh, so it's not there. Don't worry. Um, I don't think that's the reason we did it. It absolutely was my paranoid reason why we did it. Um, because <sighs> yeah, whatever. Dude. You haven't noticed it. You don't listen back. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about some of our favorite things from this film. One thing I did not put in our show notes beforehand, but it's a very easy question. What is the line from this film that you use or you bring up? constantly mine is every time my dog's dog looks up i said see i said to my wife and she doesn't get i'm referencing the movie i'm like see dogs look dogs up can't. dogs, dogs can't look can't, up dogs can't look up <laughs> dogs can't look up or my other favorite thing is anytime our editor lucas does something I, or al does something i i send them the thanks babe um mm-hmm. uh gif <laughs> uh, i'm just like thanks babe. and that those are mine but the dogs look up is always a thing and she never gets what i'm talking about which is just pure delight for me um amanda what's up that what's a line that you love you say you you still use in everyday life to this day the dogs look up. I mean, it's it's classic. The dogs can't look up because even then, I remember seeing the movie and then going, "Okay, yeah. my dog is looking up." Wait, can <laughs> they look? <laughs> yeah, I I still do that. I I still I still throw it out there sometimes. And if people get it, I know they've seen the movie. If they don't, then I'm like, you need to go watch this movie. You'll understand once you hear that. You know, this will all make sense to you. And then they come back later and yeah, yeah, I get it now. Yeah, you're welcome. It is, it is, and it does make you think. Uh, Al, what about you? I feel like there's a lot. There's so many. There's so many. In real life. I, I use I use the thanks the thanks babe a lot. Um, the one that makes me laugh the most is get fucked four eyes. It's so good because <laughs> it's so it, it's, it's so many people on this podcast wear glasses. True, but like so angry when he says it. It's not. Oh, he's so angry, he's and it's just angry. like he's been wanting to say that to him for like a decade and you oh. can hear it in his voice um that i love um i uh, want I don't you wanna... to say that to me one time and i will, I will definitely say laugh. um the the one i say to myself because i can't say it out loud because uh, uh they, we don't like that language here but can i get any of you a drink is the the way that he delivers that is amazing. Um, oh shit! Yes, yeah. The, it's a second to remember that line. Yeah, yeah. he has two lines you. that you cannot repeat, um, and they're both great uh, mm. because they're just just well, in, in um, the UK. It's fine. I, I've been told it's fine in the UK. Um, oh, oh, and 
the one it's such a again it's super random too and I, the whole movie is so quotable but the the scene when they they just defeated the the one zombie uh in the in the garden and um <laughs> Sean goes to look and see if there's any zombies like a, like in front of the Winchester and he comes down and they're like is anyone there he's like lots every time <laughs> the way that he delivers that because he's just like the, the the there's no color left in his face he's just like so defeated it's just yeah Give him the slip. Uh, Allie, what about you? Uh, any lines that you use in everyday life or just lines that you love from the movie? I mean, thanks, babe, was definitely the thing. Everyone always thought me and my best friend, uh, Kelsey from college, uh, everyone always accused us of being a couple. So I always just found that hilarious. So definitely like, thanks, babe, was a, a big thing. Um, I would say that uh, what pops in my head a lot is the cafe au lait pour vous. Because oh, it's so I did dirty. that for years. <laughs> It's so funny to me. I also love um, stop exacerbating things. And then what does that mean? <laughs> that also, I love a dramatic, what does that mean? <laughs> I did I did that for many a year. Someone's like, please stop doing that. Um, it's my life. Um, Christ, so many good lines in this. Um, two seconds was another thing. Um but for me, uh, Tyler, what about you? That yeah, I, that was my. It was two seconds. I use it all the time. I remember in high school saying like two seconds because I always say it with Nick Frost's cadence because you can't not like I could write that to all of you and you would hear it in Nick Frost's cadence. And I remember uh, a friend of mine like just for some reason got frustrated and he was like, "Why do you talk like a British person sometimes?" And I was like, Shaun of the Dead, and I'm not going to stop. Uh, everyone go check out uh, my interview with Nick Frost on thepopbreak.com. One of my career highlights. Um, what is happening with my ass right now? I Hopefully it's just zombies. Um, there's a zombie find, in the garden. There's a, there's a girl in the garden. In the garden there's, a girl. Uh, there's a girl. There's a girl in the garden. My other favorite part is I like doing it at an awkward moment is if I can find only if I can find it, I always like a disposable camera, but I'll just sit there in the back and just kind of slowly <laughs> advance it. That a joke doesn't work too much anymore because you can't find them, but I used to do that a lot. Um, I, honorable mention too. Sorry, I was miles away. That's that's that one gets me every time. Yes. Uh, also, something that pops in my head a lot oh, is when wait. anyone talks about vaccines or shots, and I'm just like, we got our jabs in the Isle of Wight. It's before we went to the Isle of Wight, or it's like my wife's like, ah, oh, you got that cut. I'm like, I ran out of her cold tap. It's fine. She's like, Jesus, stop quoting that movie. And I'm like, All right, sorry. Um, no. Let's talk about um, this one thing in the trilogy. That and and also in their show Space, go check out we which we talked about Al, myself, Melissa Jobin. We talked about Space on an earlier episode. I want to say in September. I think it's the reason why we're doing this now is because we said yes, we now that absolutely is. And Melissa yeah. will, I believe, be joining us for Hot Fuzz. And when I say believe, I haven't asked her yet, but I think she'll do it. Um, so is songs and music is such a huge part of Edgar Wright's work. And this, this movie is filled with great musical cues, great musical numbers. So for you guys, what is the best use of music in this film? For me, undoubtedly, 
it's a little mo- moment, but I love it. It's just when they're flipping the dials and you hear the different songs and we go to the Smiths and it's like Panic in the Street of London, London and they keep going like stuff like that. That is my favorite one right there because it's the first time you really get a, it's it's a really a great taste of what Edgar Wright can do because no. we see his other stuff and it's very Sam Raimi Evil Dead, like the crash zoom into the gearing up segments and obviously with Sean's very mundane life which will play into later, which is another question we'll have, I'll be talking about is, but this is just showing his cleverness with audio and with like gags, just like that. And we see this in space and hot fuzz and within the world's end. So that is for me, Ali, what is your favorite piece um, implementation of music in Shaun of the dead? I like the, the, the whole movie has a lot of like integration of zombie references via the music. So I like that the opening set music is from Dawn of the Dead. I think that's really effective. And I also love the whole uh, just kind of opening music scene, the music they use and like kind of how it ends up like a little bit of a dance scene when like the people are walking and nodding yeah. with their heads in rhythm. I think that's very fun. It's a really fun way to open a zombie movie. Uh, Tyler. Um, great, great choice. For me, it's definitely the, uh, and I'm surprised no one took this yet, but it's when Philip shuts off the music. Uh, in the car, oh, yeah. there's nothing left of the man you loved, and he just kills the music. Yes. I guess it's kind of an anti-music moment, but that gag gets me. And I honestly, everyone I've ever watched this movie with, it gets them every time. It's so funny. That music is like good, but also so wrong for the kind of emotional scene that they're having in that moment. It's uh, like it's band, perfectly misplaced. The band, I believe, that is in it, and I can't remember the name, but I think Edgar Wright was in a relationship with one of the members of the band at the time and directed their music videos and everything, too. So it really adds a whole nother level to that. Um, Al, what about you? I mean, it's insane that we haven't mentioned the just don't stop me now by Queen. Well, because I think it was too. I wanted to. It's not even like, it's obvious. I mean, it's so great. I re- just rewatched that scene again. It's so, so got it's so great. And it's like it's such a precursor to Baby Driver too. Like he's been, he's been saying since when Baby the the promotion for Baby Driver, uh, the four fifth fourth fifth film, like right technically sixth sixth film. Let's go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, I'm gonna he's been saying that he had that idea for years and years and years, and you could see it from this movie, just the you know them hitting, um hitting the Winchester owner getting the name at the moment uh hitting him to the beat John, of big John of big John I thought it was big Al I it's, thought it was big Al too it's big Al wait, <laughs> wait, wait, no. yeah you're right big Al and he told them that John has the John's yeah big Al said dogs can't look up big Al said dogs can't look up um, There's always dogs, that guy guys, at a bar. Guys, dogs can't look up. Leon <laughs> can look up, man. I'm big out. Um, no, but but you get the 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 hitting of the the pool cues, like hitting with the rhythm of the music. It was just like a precursor to Baby Driver. But that whole scene is fucking hilarious. Um, like kill the queen, like everything kill that queen. they're saying. They're so it's it's just like filled to the brim with with humor and jokes and and then um, there's of course the scene the scene with david when he's flipping the lights which goes to it but yeah. then also the horrible part of you're seeing the zombies that are at the door yeah. like yeah yeah i mean the, the, like the oncoming dread of that too that whole scene is so important to the movie and super funny and i love that 
That's and it is just like a collection of things not to do when you're hiding out yes. from zombies. <laughs> Loud yeah. music, flashing lights, like yeah. panic screaming. It's it's mm-hmm. so things go downhill because of Queen so quickly. Yeah. And there's two Queen songs in this movie, which is great. Like you, you can never go wrong with Queen. You get two. They're both they, great. That was pretty much their entire budget, I think. Um Amanda, Absolutely. your favorite bit of uh implementation of music in Shaun of the Dead. Oh man. Um, I mean, there was so much, there was so much to choose from and everybody's had great choices so far, but for me, I, I, I think it's just cause I re- I related to it. It's like, you're having a bad day and just, you know, I love that little moment where, um, you know, uh, they're dancing. It's kind of like after they went to, the, or no, I think it was, yes, it was after they went to the Winchester after, uh, after the breakup and they're doing the little, they're dancing in the apartment with the electro song oh, yeah. going, <laughs> and with man parish. And just, it, it's just one of those moments where it's like, I just love, I, I use electro to, or like, kind of like, you know, um, EDM, all kinds of like, just to get me out of a funk. <laughs> Sometimes it's just nice to just crank it on, just have a good dance party. And it's just, it was just such a neat little, yeah. um, way to show the bond that they have. I mean, that's just, it's just, it was fun. It was lighthearted. Um, and we all have those moments where we've gone through something you've, you have drunk through your sorrows and then you just have a little moment and everything's all right again. And it just, I loved it. I love that little bit of humanity in it. It was great. And if you do the deep dive, like if you like me who are obsessed with this movie and would go through like the trivia and the facts and Easter eggs and all that kind of stuff, you'll realize that Sean used to be a dj yep and that the oh, reason right. he has the turntable and he's got the the, the backwards hat there's yep. posters on the wall that show his dj name of like battles and stuff that he would do and shit what like was that. his yeah, dj yeah. name oh i cannot remember because uh, i was like it's the fuckest upest and i'm like no 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 no, that's the robot uh, mm-hmm. um but no it's uh so also that they 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 put that scene in the scene in the Winchester where he does the spin because there was a running gag in his career because he knew how to break dance that he would just somehow throw break dancing to everything. So, which is something I do with my best friend at every like public event where I'm like, you got to break dance. He's like, I'm like 40. I can't do this. I'm like, fuck you. You got to do it. And he does. <laughs> and the next day he's like, I hurt my back is killing me. I can't move. Um, uh, but uh, so Sean like, Smiley Riley. Riley, right? That's ah. it. I knew it as soon as you said it. But yeah. so he, um, so he would do it in a lot of the sketch comedy. He would do. I think he has something in. There may be something in Hot Fuzz too. I know he definitely does it in in Spaced. Um, but yeah, that's why they put that in there because they wanted him to break dance. Um, what's your favorite running gag in this in this film? To me, it's a joke that starts off very sophomoric but ends up being one of the most sincere moments of the film where Ed keeps farting and he <laughs> farts at the end. And he's just like, Oh, it's terrible. And he's like, it's not funny. He's like, it is until you stop laughing at it. And it's just like the fact that it's just the, you know, Ed is just such a jerk sometimes. And he'll just like at the random parts, just rip ass like any normal human being would, but it, there's no, it's not like sophomoric where you're hearing the noise and it kind of is like very British humor of it's just like the reaction of the other person as opposed to just the loud what the American would do just that you would make the noise. This is the reaction. It's more of a, a physical comedy type thing. I love that they use that throughout the film and then they use it as a high point of like one of the most emotional scenes in the film. That's my favorite running gag. Um, 
It's not, yeah, so that's right. I'm going to have another one just as a bonus. But uh, Allie, what's your favorite running gag in the film? This was a hard one for this movie has so many great running gags, oh so God. much great foreshadowing. So I think it's the I sort of like that Ed goes from very vulgar things about wanting to have sex with uh, Sean's mom to like, even at the end, he's still like subtly like hitting on her, like putting his hand on her shoulder and everything. I love the kind of runner of Ed wanting to have uh, sex with Sean's mom. Oh, so many jokes. The, the, the him relaying the message. Yes. The, him relaying the messages uh, yeah. is, is one of the best. One of the best lines uh, and the best line readings too. Just like, wait, what? <laughs> it's just so quick. Kind of weirdly subtle. It kind of just so subtle. <laughs> so subtle. Uh, Amanda, what's your favorite running joke throughout the film? The relationship with Philip. The whole, we might have to kill my stepdad. Mm. And even at the end, where they just kind of just left him in the car, you know, <laughs> he's a zombie. And it just, you, you went from, from, we might have to kill my stepdad. Mm, okay like no bit no biggie You're like yeah let's let's get ready to take him out kind of thing and then you have this the moment you know that that they did that, chase him with a bit of wood they, <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> then they have this 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 poignant moment and then it went back to kind of the running gag where he turns the music off and all that where he's still himself and it's just like well he's not in there anymore and it just it just it 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 was really good i enjoyed i enjoyed that i had a good laugh of the Hmm. you know he's not my dad the whole time he's not my dad <laughs> <laughs> yes and then again that's another great moment of how they're like he's not my dad and they're like he's not the man you married anymore and that's another like they took the fart joke and made it dad and they yeah. took the not the dad joke uh this writing of this film is so fucking great i love it so much yeah. uh tyler what's your favorite running gig uh, for some reason, it's not it's like it doesn't speak to the larger plot or anything, but it always really tickles me that Ed is just on his phone at all times. Who is he talking to by, the end? Oh, they, by yes. the end of the movie? Oh, no, no, no. Who so, is he talking to? Yeah. In, in the beginning, they said he was texting with Rafe Spall's character, who's the you got red on you guy. Uh, the kid in the beginning, oh, who's one of the so Andy's. That's oh, fucking yeah. genius. I He's love been that texting guy. with him. And then, of course, he turns in. I believe we see him as a zombie. Oh, so. Sorry. Yeah. Can we go all the way back to the beginning of this, of this podcast where you said, what's the thing that you say all the time? What up, mate? I say that all <laughs> the damn time. You have said that to me in person. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. He's he's great. He's every he's in all three of yep. the movies. Um, Obviously, his best role is in the second one. Oh, well, okay. but I mean, he's got some great moments in this. He also what a glow up between those two movies by the way yeah it lost like a hundred pounds like it's insane uh yeah and then uh oh all right tyler al what was your favorite running gag in this? oh i just totally um, forgot I'm i mean like, who did i not talk about i'll just go with one that hasn't been said yet but uh it's all random um which is oh, which yeah. pops up a couple oh, times yeah. too so another thing too like again i haven't even read this book but just again being obsessed with this movie and the trilogy um I remember reading something along the lines of like how they do these things, how they like put all of these kind of running gags and, and self, um, you know, referential. Yeah. They do a lot of references and stuff. Yeah. How they do that kind of stuff. They said when they write, cause they write together all three movies, they wrote together, Peg and uh, right. They write the script. Like they write the, the story that the, of like the, the, basically the plot of the movie and then they go back and then they just keep doing that going back and forth because they they're just 
gonna like litter the rest of the movie with the stuff that they reference throughout the whole movie so it's like it's so simplistic but so smart and that's why these movies are so great and like last the test of time is because like they put so much effort into the actual writing of this movie it's not like stuff that's coming out you know on the day of filming this is like hammered in these jokes and you can see it i saw something too with uh it was uh i saw like a tiktok with uh, anna kendrick talking about her uh being on scott pilgrim and she said uh, she was in a scene with mary elizabeth winstead and after the scene was over you saw mary elizabeth winstead like like this just like kind of like put her hands in her head and she's like are you all right yeah she's like yeah it's just really hard not to blink Ed- edgar doesn't want us to blink during these takes like the the amount of like insanity he puts into these movies you can just see it with every moment it's if bananas you, if you watch this film with commentary on it the yeah. scene the beginning scene where sean is going to hungover to the shop is like literally reference after reference after reference to dawn of the dead yeah it's like and also bubs, it's a shot for shot geez. remake of the scene that he already yeah. did yeah bubs to full cheese like everything is there's this small little references to so many things that unless you're paying attention yeah. we're coming to get yeah. you barbara is a direct reference to oh <laughs> uh, that's the other thing i say uh well how he says barbara like yeah. that that's we're what coming i call to get my, you barbara i have said that yelled at many a time at my wife's hand i'm like barbara and she's just like what and i was like nope just for me um one of my other favorite things they do in this film it's not a running gag but i friggin' love it is the doppelganger scene where sean runs into so good. uh so good. julia stevenson who is of course daisy from space so that makes all the rest. and then we have martin freeman in his first of his appearances in the trilogy you have matt lucas uh from great british bake-off doctor who and little britain as fake um ed you have reese shearsmith who's uh from the league of gentlemen and he just did something else that was like really important that i'm not going to remember um uh yeah nope don't remember you're missing, you're missing a good one and i uh, yeah. can't remember her name but she's and it's a- julia mm-hmm. and it's julia deacon who is a reference to who is the landlady in space who's playing the version of Sean's mom. Um, it's a great scene and it cracks me up every time because just the sheer amount of like comedy royalty from that, that generation in that one scene is absolutely bonkers. Um, let's move on to our, our next question, which is kind of a hard one. It's like, who is your favorite non Sean and Ed character? There's only one answer. Well, then what is it? I'm not saying it. I'm going to, I want to, I want to hear the wrong answers first. And then I'm going to give you the right answer. All right. So we're going to be judged. Yeah. (laughs) Old, old confidence Jones over there. Um, Amanda, who's your favorite non shoulder character? First, first to be beheaded. Um, gosh, this is tough. I was thinking, you know, I just, I just love Barbara. There's just something. I just, I loved her. I mean, just, you know, that if you were escaping from zombies, you have someone in your family who's like her, that she's just kind of like, you know, sorry, kind sorry of, I was miles away. Yes, <laughs> miles absolutely. Away, miles away, dear. Miles away. And just, just watching her and kind of her little arc of being miles away, but then just kind of everything hitting her and the realization just hitting her. I mean, she just had a full little kind of character journey for the, the the relatively short time she's on she's on screen but i just love her and it's just everything that happens to her is just just 
you feel it in the gut and the heart and even more. <laughs> so I love her. She, she's just great. <laughs> Allie, who's your favorite non Sean Red? I mean, I think it's, it, it's all very obvious. Like Bill Nighy is just fantastic in everything that he's, yeah. great. he's able to just be hilarious at times, like play really like out there characters, like in love actually, but then also have these incredibly poignant moments like he does in this movie and in love actually, where he has like one of the most emotional, yes. beautiful speeches and just like really genuinely like makes me choke up in this movie uh, when he has that connection yeah. and last thing yeah. to Sean uh, and then has that really hilarious zombie moment right after. So I think he's in like maybe four scenes in the movie, but each scene he's so well utilized, like even just the creepy turn he has in when he goes to see Sean at the electronic store. <laughs> Hey, that's my pick as well. It's I don't. Right. I don't know I, what the big deal is. Better tie it under a cold towel. Under a cold tap. He got his jabs in the oh, Isle White. Uh, just everything. Bill Nye is just like it's like they said to him, like Bill, we're we're really not. We're just going to let you do what you want in this film. And yeah. he was just like, ooh. you could see he's like, ooh, that's what I wanted to hear. And he just did whatever he wanted to. And he's just like this. That was my. I feel like this was my introduction to Bill Nye. And so, like, this is, I think, one of the first times I saw him, maybe was he in that, no, he was in that Pirates of the Caribbean film that was before this. But this is, I guess, when he wasn't a face full of tentacles, this was the first time I really saw him as a human. So it was wonderful. And I, I just, I absolutely adored him. Um, and I love when he goes, Sean. And you're just like, wait, he's a zombie. And it's like, no, it's not. But uh, Tyler, before we get to Confidence Jones over there, who is your uh, who is your your favorite non Sean or Ed character? Honestly, I was torn between both of those, between Philip and Barbara. I'm gonna just because we got go with, you're gonna go with David. <laughs> no one's picking David. to that actor though, I always, like you. It it takes a lot to play a real quality piece of shit, and he does. He really good at it. I like does it. I'll, I'll I want to get it to Barbara because yeah, it's so, she's so sweet. She reminds me of my mother in like many ways where it's just like, Oh, well, I don't want to be a bother. And it's like, okay, all of your efforts to not be a bother are making you a bother. You need to have some agency here and talk to me. That sounds like a mom. I know <laughs> this, she's this, not listening to this podcast. That really funny scene in the kitchen where she's making him his tea and he tries to be like, what if I told you Philip touched me? Yeah. <laughs> and she just gives him that mom looks that like, like, look, I'm sweet, but you're fucking pushing me. <laughs> and <laughs> well, what's the thing about the tea? He's just like, do you want milk and sugar in your tea? He's like, I haven't taken sugar in my tea since 1989. <laughs> That's but it. then he takes two sugars in the end, too, which yes. is really sweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I, I got to give it to Barbara, which I assume, Al, is the correct answer. Um, No, the, uh, these these are all great answers. Uh, I was I was fucking around before. But no, I, I actually I really love Diane. I think she's amazing. She's she great at this, great. honestly. Like she is. She's now a Disney show villain right now. She was also in Wonder Woman. She was. She was. Oh, oh yeah. Was she on the- oh yeah. Yes, she was. She was on the the original Office, and yes. she was. She was. <laughs> he was the Pam in the original. She was and, the Pam. That's how I remember. And she her. was in. Uh, she was one of the aunts in the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and also great in that too. Uh, no, she's just yeah. great. She's just so solid. Uh, throughout the whole movie and uh, her interactions with David are great. And when she, that her final like scene before she gets uh, 
definitely murdered and we're gonna okay get no, no no that's a question no, okay, i know it is question i know it is does diane, alert. does diane make it out absolutely not you're uh, out of your fucking mind I, you i'm gonna i'm gonna throw up a hand here and i'm gonna turn the floor over to my lovely wife who knows a thing or two Oh, just I was telling him last night before I even knew this. This was a question about how on the DVD there were the plot hole like uh, yep. motion comics, and they do one that's narrated by Diane about how she survives because she <laughs> she grabs the leg, she fights her way out uh, with the leg, and then she climbs into a tree and stays there for three days and eats part of David's leg to uh, maintain yep. sustenance, and then has to go and live with a family member after she's probably not all there anymore but she she maintains uh christmas card contact with sean and uh liz (laughs) i love that i think that's hilarious i that's why i asked the question i'm like who watched the dvd extra thank you Um, Amanda. did you think diane made extras on die hard but she's prepared for this she went into a literally the center um, she had a leg. So did Sean. Yeah, let's say Sean no. does at one point no, and no, kind no, of no, no, no. That no, no, no. Sean. <laughs> this is getting Sean's like, hey, I'm over here. I'm over here. And then ran. He Whereas close, she though. just went into the pile where they were already eating David. Well, I but, just thought, but Sean went earlier with just a cricket bat into a whole little area when they go to get Liz. And he just, I mean, Diane's got a lot of rage. Maybe she just. I mean, that's a lot of pent up frustration. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, All right. Well, I thought I thought she was great, and (laughs) I thought she got murdered. But I guess she she is the lead in the Disney show Villains of Valley View. If you're so inclined, Laura just watched The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. She's great. I got it. Yeah, she's so cute in it. She's really good. Um, Kind of, kind of like perfect. Honestly, perfect casting. Yes, definitely. Uh, And then the hardest question of all: best part of the movie. What is the best part of the movie? The one that made you fall in love with it. You're like, yes. And every time you go back, it's the warm and fuzzies right in your heart. And no, that's not acid indigestion. I know about that very personally. Um, it is your love for this film. Tyler, I'm going to start with you. Um, so so the, the one I came prepared to talk about is like a funny moment, but I have a feeling we're going to get into the more heart. We'll, and get, soul. Into, we'll get into the serious stuff later. The heart and soul crux of the movie that comes later. But I think a moment for me, it's in a, in a movie that's very well regarded and a slightly underrated scene. Uh, for me, it's when they're escaping their apartment they, and like Ed is driving like a bat out of hell and they hit <laughs> someone. And they're both like, oh, my God, what has happened? What do we do? And then they back up and they see just this mangled body. And he's very politely like, sir. And they see that it's a zombie. And they're like, oh, thank God for that. And they just fuck off. I like the guy's uh, leg is all mangled. He goes, yeah. are you OK? Yeah, it's so funny. But it's also like it's one of the more direct, I think, like zombie movie parodies because you see so many like it happens in every zombie movie like someone's loved one just gets like bitten or eaten or something bad happens to them and it's like oh no what an emotional arc like this movie has a moment where like there's a huge emotional arc meanwhile it's like okay so then what do we do well we just start blowing the heads off former fathers mothers children like whoever because they're zombies now and it's okay to kill zombies nazis and robots with reckless abandon it doesn't matter uh, and I think it's really yeah. funny how quickly how quickly they're just like they let themselves off the hook that it's like, oh, we just mangled a zombie. Good. I mean, good. Even it's a, it's our civic duty and they speed off. I think that's so funny. My favorite, the scene that brings me back every time is the record scene. It's they're in yeah. the shed. 
they're bringing the records out and it's just like the not... batman soundtrack <laughs> uh, what's the one i like it i like it yeah i like it yeah. <laughs> I, I was a line unintentionally saved... a, a line unintentionally said on this podcast a million times <laughs> but i, I was like glad it. they saved sade i was like well, yeah okay. that's Liz <laughs> like she made the cut Listen. No, they didn't save Sonic oh, because that's it was right. Liz's. Well, it made Sean's cut, but Maybe. because it was Liz's, it was. Then she did just jump you. That's the second album I ever bought. <laughs> that that scene every time is the best for me. Um, Amanda, you're you're be- the best scene for you. Oh man, I just love the ending. I, I I mean the whole movie is great, but just the whole like you know he gets to play video games just it's the whole like romance circle you know kind of thing like it just it just brought everything together because you had just that heartbreaking scene where you're just like please please you know does that make it and then this little lovely full circle of just just playing video games like it's just I mean, you all, we all had somebody that we grew up playing video games with I feel like like your best friend and it's like they're still with you, even though they're just a zombie now, but they're still, and I'm like, he's, he's not doing half bad either as player two. <laughs> and player two. And that's a great callback to great the beginning. Uh, player two has entered, player two has left. Um, all right. That's a uh, thing, isn't it? You, you always told me that wasn't the, wasn't uh, the Resident Evil, they were playing Resident Evil or something? He was, no, it's it, that, that, that's not necessarily a reference, but it's like the, it was inspired, like the movie was inspired uh, by an episode of Spaced. Yes. Yes. It was the second episode of yeah, Spaced. Yeah, he's, I he's say. on, it's not the second, is it the yeah, second? Yeah, the second, second episode, episode of, of, of season one. Yeah. I think, or second or, I think second or third. Isn't it the uh, one when he's on speed? It is. It's, he takes a bunch of amphetamines and plays yeah. Resident all night because yeah because resident evil he's up for like like two days it's yeah, the one with um brian it's brian's show brian no not 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 the, the 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 show that makes him like popular the one he's gonna go see his uh his, his like, ex-partner like lover it's a very good episode oh yeah, yeah yeah and that's i always I say pudding from that i'm like pudding, pudding. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Like, uh yeah it's hoover is the guy who ends up in game of thrones so he's the guy who's just throwing a vacuum around um what uh so Allie, what's your favorite scene? Uh, I I love. I think it's like just one of the best scenes in any movie is the the when he doesn't know that the zombie apocalypse has happened yet, and he walks out and has the mirror image of the the morning walk that he does every day, and there's just chaos in the background. It's one long continuous shot of him walking to the uh, and just missing all of these signs. Like there's people running through the street in panic. There's cars crash. There's blood on like the the refrigerator door he opens in the bodega, but he doesn't notice any of that and just kind of goes about his day. Kind of pays the the uh, the bill, even though like the a store owner has been turned into a zombie kind of in the background. I just love that he makes it all the way home and has no idea that this has happened. And I love that it's one continuous shot. I just think it's so brilliant. And the guy and the, and you see the groom there in the shop the first day and then he's in the house. And what is the first thing he says? Oh, he's got an arm off. (laughs) So he screams and he's like coming up to him like the day before asking for change and he gives him change. And then the guy comes up as a zombie is, uh, and he goes, no, I don't have any money. I, I didn't I, even have enough change for the shop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, there's a really subtle joke in there too, where the first time when it, like, there's no apocalypse, he gets a Coke and yes. then all of this stuff. And then he wakes up to sort your life out uh, written on the whiteboard. So what does he do? 
gets a Diet Coke. Diet Coke. That's, I never noticed that until this watch, and it's so yeah. funny. Oh, it's so brilliant. It's great. Uh, Al, what do you got? Um, I if you're talking about like what made you fall in love with the movie, I think I would go with with a, what Amanda said in terms of the ending. The ending's amazing because it's like he ends up still with his best friend and the love of his life. Again, jumping ahead of you, Bill. But like not everyone might agree. I, it, again, well. it's it's great. Like that that's probably why I fell in love with the movie initially. The scene that because makes- he's Lucas. It basically the scene that <laughs> the best part of the film for me is actually when they first get into the Winchester, Sean has ran away to, to, to lure the zombies away. And David is trying to like both take command and also freak the fuck out. And he's saying all these things and he's like, what is Sean going to do here outside of like uh, drink beer and eat peanuts? And he, and then it cuts to, would anyone like a peanut? <laughs> and it's my fucking favorite part of the whole movie because it's 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 masterful. It is so well done, well fucking written, and it's so well edited too. And the acting across the board is that makes me laugh every goddamn time. And again, it's something that I quote all the time too. That's and that's a joke that took me a couple of watches to like realize. Like, yeah. like Sean's plan, like sitting in the dark eating peanuts, and <laughs> then they're sitting peanut. in the dark, literally eating peanuts. Like a peanut. Peanut. So good. Uh, so okay. good. Uh, let's get into Pete. I said, leave him alone. The harrowing and heartfelt moments of Shaun of the Dead. We're going to start, before we get into all the tears, let's get into the bloody parts of it. The best kill of Shaun of the Dead for you. What was the best kill? So, Al, I'll start with you. Oh, man. It's it's easily David getting the shit killed out of him. Uh, it's so... <laughs> I watched that with my dad, and he was, like, enjoying it. Then he was, like, we're watching He's like, holy shit! Yeah. He's like, that's a guy's stomach. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It is so... <laughs> so well deserved after the the after everything that had just happened previously um him killing Sean uh, not him killing but um the whole thing with Barbara and his back and forth and literally him trying to kill Sean crazy it's like no death is more well deserved in a movie than David's uh and the way that he gets murdered is fucking crazy it's like oh he could have easily just been taken away by the zombies and that at the end of it, they're like, no, we need to show you this. And they do. I That's believe it's an homage. I believe it's an homage to Day yes. of the Dead, where someone yeah. dies in a similar fashion. Except in that, I believe you get like some of this going on. I for the podcast listener, I'm tearing my own face. But yeah. yeah. Just off. It's it's wild. Yeah. It's gone now. <laughs> it's gone. Amanda, what is uh, your favorite kill? Oh man, I just love that. In that whole scene where they they were the escape from Liz's apartment. I just love it because he is in such survival mode. Like it's a different Sean. Just he gets out there. Everyone's like holding their stuff, just kind of, you know, at first, like very timid, very shy. And he's just out there like nailing people, just like zombies, like left and right, just swinging it. I'm like, damn, son, that was me the whole time. Like just, you know, he, I mean, without his survival skills, come on now, <laughs> nobody would made it out of that building. So um i love that part i mean he just gave it to the zombies out there in front so i just yeah it it always that scene always impresses me when you see that switch just happen and it's just it's great so i i loved it and and 
you know, David's death was a very honorable mention as well. So, um, but seeing Sean just go out there and just kill it was great for me. And uh, I just like noticed, like just you saying that Edgar has like a, a like a love for like his main characters instantly being great yeah. at something. Like yeah, Scott, it just... Scott in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World yes. being an it already like amazing fighter. Or well, Ed, uh, not Ed, but um um uh god damn it. Uh it hot fuzz Ed's uh the Nick Frost's character in Hot Fuzz kidding uh, Danny. Uh, Danny, Danny, thank you. Danny. Uh Butterman. Butterman. Yeah. Um yeah, like him being like amazing in um you know go, you know firefights and all this kind of stuff like um the uh, car chases everything like that like he like has a a habit of doing that in his movies where they're just unexpectedly amazing at 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 the thing that they've never done before that's true and it makes these movies so much more fun like world's yeah. end also jumps to mind like that bathroom yes. fight everyone's an yeah. awesome fighter exactly they're all they're like, all they all fight because it's like I, I want to see that as a viewer, but what I could do without is the training montage where we figure out how they can. Let's just they can get right to it. <laughs> uh, mine will actually be the segment. The name of the segment is uh, the Pete death because it's such. I said it, alone. <laughs> um, and, you know, because you're watching because it it's it's Ed being a dumbass and mm-hmm. trying to fight zombie Pete, and now is being caught, and you're seeing. Him screaming and this is also a great callback. <laughs> look, look who it is. Fuck a doodle do. Fuck a doodle do is definitely a long time phrase of mine. Um, but it's you know, he finally he kills Pete, who's not like when we go back to it, is not an unreasonable human being. Because you think about it, it's just like he just wants them to be responsible. He does at one point did like Sean. He's like Ed's just a uh, freeloader, <laughs> but it's like he basically kills this guy who was his friend. Um, and but the way he gets him is is right through the eye, huge. Um, and I'm a big fan of that. So, Allie, your favorite kill in Shaun of the Dead? I like the first zombie that they really encounter, Mary, when they because they have such an extended interaction with Mary and then like the bigger guy comes and joins. I, you mentioned it earlier, but I love like when they first discover that it's zombies, they knock Mary, when Sean knocks Mary into the pipe and then she gets back up when she's missing a part of her abdomen. I like the shock on their faces. And then you hear Nick Frost, like really (laughs) (laughs) and Sean stops him. I love that because I like seeing the progression of them figuring out how to fight them. And I, I know that uh, Sean, uh, Simon Pegg said that he really loved the audition for the woman who played Mary because he said that she actually brought a lot of like sadness to her performance. Yeah. And so there's like a poignancy to like, you can see like there was a whole story that happened with her. Which makes their irreverence with her like so much funnier in its way. Yeah, he said like when when he says, oh, I think she wants a cuddle. He's like, inside, I do feel that way. Like Simon Pegg was like, I do feel like she actually did. <laughs> Who's... um there's a lot of deaths in this that really tug at the heartstrings. Which one was the most heartbreaking? Oh, wait, I didn't get to do my, my, my fuck. Before we get into the bad ones, I got to do a funny one. <laughs> Good, get a funny one. I thought I got it. For, for me, it's the, uh, uh, I'll go quick. It's the top hat and tails guy because I just love one. It calls back to like uh, the other roommate, Pete, 
being right, like you gotta close that door. Lock the front and door. Then when he wanders in, the very cowardly scream and like flailing of the hands that they both do. And then when Ed finally becomes a rage monster, brains the guy, and you've just got Sean in the background hyperventilating before finally going, I'm gonna go shut the front door. <laughs> is I mean, it's all like from the moment that guy walks in, it's so funny. Oh, uh, yes. And uh now let's get into the heartbreaking deaths. The ones, there are a lot in this, a lot, lot of fun ones, but there are a lot of heartbreaking ones. To me, I, it, hands down, it's got to be Barbara. Because it's just, it's it's so, you know, Sean's always loved his, you know, he's had a hard relationship with his mom because of Philip, and he did get along with him. But he always loved his mom. But he's always kind of felt like, you know, he's 29 and he's, he feels like a fuck up and kind of is at times. And he just wants to do right by her. And he thought he would save the day and he'd save his mom. And she was trying so hard not to inconvenience everyone. She put a tissue on her, on her zombie bite, which is such a mom thing to do underneath her sweater. And just seeing her die and then come back as a dead eyed, just almost sad like you were saying about the girl in the garden she, she was just like oh like that's like it was sadness there and then sean has to kill his mom and then david basically is a dick about it and it's that's the most heartbreaking one because it's just like wow we were not expecting you're expecting okay she's gonna die because she got bit by a zombie you weren't expecting sean to have to kill his own mom so after that sad description, Amanda, what's the most heartbreaking death in Shaun of the Dead for you? Oh man, it's a toss-up between Barbara and just and Philip. Yeah. That whole scene where he just he's very sincere. I was kind of waiting for like a joke to come in or kind of just something. I was like, wait, this is a really sincere moment where he's trying to connect with Sean. And then Sean gets very emotional. And I'm here like, well, and the other part of me was like, we're that's it for Bill Nye. Like, like, no, um, but it's just, it was such an emotional moment and so well done that it just, yes, even though I'm glad they, they, we had the, the comedic moment with the music and everything, because that just made it everything, just made everything better. Cause the first time I saw it, I was like a crying mess. So, um, that one is right up there for me too. Just, just that mo- emotional moment and, and Sean just crying was, that was hard. <laughs> Al, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, any other day you could probably toss it up between Phil and and Barbara, but the, the Barbara one's rough because it's definitely the, the most emotional part of the movie. It's when, you know, like we've talked about the Phil, <laughs> Phil transferring, uh, becoming a zombie is funny at one point, but him shutting off the music is like, he's like, there's no part of your husband still in there. And he shuts off the music. He's obviously a little bit still in there. The Barbara yeah. scene is, is, is soul crushing because you know, it's, it's, it's uh, Sean having to to basically kill his mom um, after she had already died. Um, and it's just, it's rough. It's a, it's a rough, very, very tough scene. Uh, Tyler and Allie, whichever one you want us to go first, what's, what's one broke your heart? Mine's the same as Al, do you mind if I? Yeah. So for, for me, it is, it's it's Barbara as well. Uh, in addition to everything you guys said, which was right on the money about how- Bunch this of mama's boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is such a big moment for Sean, but also it really breaks my heart 
when Liz takes her over and she's the first to discover that she's bitten. And Barbara's kind of doing, she gives her the necklace that like Sean's real father gave her. Yeah. And it's like, Barbara is so funny because she's just playing this kind of person who's miles away the whole time. But in that moment, she knows what's about to happen to her. And she's basically trying to tell this woman who she just met, but knows is important to her son. Like she's trying to pass the torch of like, take care of my son. You're, you're the mom now, or you're the the woman in his life now. Uh, She knows she's about to die, which is just like so heartbreaking for a character whose trademark up until that point was how blissfully unaware she was. It was, you weren't, I wasn't expecting that level of emotional depth in, uh, in, in this comedy, but it's there. What's funny about what you just said is like, she's the one who under, like everyone's just like, Christ, we don't want to die. But it's like, she's the one who understands the gravity of her situation the most amongst all of them, because everyone else is in just kill zombies or, oh God, zombies. They're not thinking of what reality, what's going to happen. Yeah. Never thought of that until you just said that. Um, so, sure. Allie, what about you? What's your the most heartbreaking one for you? Well, in the interest of, of not saying Barbara, because I think Barbara <laughs> is such an uh, like emotionally loaded death. Um, I'll say Pete because Pete coincides with like the realization that Ed is going to die, and just the like Simon Pig's fantastic in this movie and really does nail the emotional heart wrenching moments. And when he shoots Pete, he knows that Ed is going to die, and he's processing the fact that his best friend has just been bitten. And when he screams like "Leave him alone," it is really sad. And it's also, you know, Pete was a, a person that we saw. Yeah, and, and and Pete was his friend at one point. Like yeah. they were roommates and friends. I mean, he yeah. lived with this guy for X amount of years. Yeah, remember when they got drunk off Pete Snops and were playing Tekken too? <laughs> that was five years ago, Sean. When is he going home? <laughs> one of my favorite lines, too. God damn it, this movie's so quotable. There's um, also in that scene where Ed is getting bit. You, I like. I don't know if it's on purpose, sound mixing or whatever, but I can't tell who's screaming. Is it Ed or is it Sean? And it's it's horrifying. Yeah, let's let's get into. I'm just going to go pop into the garden for a bit, which is our final thoughts, uh, our post Sean of the Dead thoughts. From we've talked about how we all watched this when we were much younger people, um, and now we are all well some. I'm old, uh, but some of us, we are older. We are wiser. We've been, we've been through it. Um, this is not a question I asked for you guys, but a lot of, we, we talked Tyler actually brought this point up before. He's like, I was there, you know, when he was the magical boy, he was ready for the, for the, the horror. He was prepared for it, but he didn't get the life stuff. Now that he's older, the life stuff is much funnier. Um, has this movie, as you guys have grown with it, has this movie, you know, does it, is it a different movie for you guys in some way where stuff resonates with you more than like when you first saw it as a younger person? Because it does for me in respects of, I was in my, tw- I was not 29, but close to it when I watched it. So I was like 24, 25 and watch, you know, and being an adult and growing up and committing and all that other stuff. When I first saw it, I'm like, this is just a funny movie. And then as I grew up, I'm like, wow, this really speaks more to the human experience. And, you know, it's not just a movie about your zombies eating everything. It's you're moving on from you're leaving the childish things behind. Like that stuff has to die in some respects. And in other respects, it doesn't. And it's a lot about growing up. And being an adult and having a proper garden and committing to relationships, 
while you know you can pop into the garden for a bit and still play a video game with your best friend just not the point of your life so that's how it changed for me did anything change for you guys upon re-watching this recently that you're like wow i never that never hit me before or am i just trying to be way too serious about this so amanda about you anything different this time around when you watch it again i feel like i appreciated it more you know being older now having having rewatched it you know i think i think the point about relationships was really important because you know it's like you have someone and we we've done this we go through the motions of our life at some point you know we're all we are Sean <laughs> walking through and everything can be sometimes the same and very repetitive um and sometimes we're not always the best about keeping up with the relationships in our lives and um you know i i really appreciated that because you know with like with Ed, you know, I do have some very close friends from childhood pretty much or from, you know, grade school, elementary school that I still keep in touch with. And sometimes those relationships have fallen off. Sometimes they haven't, but they're always there for you. Um, and yeah, and just, you know, trying to, to really see the value because it's, it's, you take it for granted and then it's gone. Your whole world changes. And so that was really poignant for me in particular. And, um, yeah, it was a lot as an adult you can relate to. And again, I, I do go out in the garden and play video games too still. So that's uh, that's not going to change. I'm almost 40 and that's not going to change. So we all got to do it. Uh, Al, how about you? Anything different? Yeah. Or you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's again, it's my favorite movie for a reason. It's uh, for a million reasons. But looking at it and rewatching it for the millionth time, you know, you see Sean who's going through he's going through life as a zombie. It's just, it's, it's him going through the, like being in the dead end job, uh, doing his daily walks to, <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, hit him being in a, you know, a very like safe, like not safe, but like his relationship with Liz is, is, is great. But at the same time, he's kind of just coasting through it. And when he loses her, he's like, how did I lose her? What did I do? And then, it's explained to him that like you are not doing anything with your life. You, there's no incentive. There's no life there. You're just doing, you're just on repeat. You're kind of doing the same shit over and over again. I mean, that really resonated with me. Um, I, I, you know, I've been in a, uh, a relationship now for God damn it. How many years was it? Since, since high school? Uh, yeah. Since, since 10th grade. And I mean, my wife are on our, our second child. We've been together since uh, 10th grade of high school. So, you know, I, I've been in dead end jobs. I've, 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 you know, been in a long-term relationship and I've had friends. I'm still friends with since high school. And like, I have my Eds, um, who, you, have you know, multiple hope, ones. I have multiple Eds. Um, but I've learned from this movie. I learned that you can't, you can't do that. You have to rise up. You have to make a change and you have to do something with your life or you're going to eventually be, uh, an old fucker, uh, just, <laughs> drowning their sorrows in the Winchester. Um, so yeah, I, I, this, this movie means everything to me because it really, it is, you know, it's a zombie rom-com, but at the same time, it's like a really a nice allegory for what life could be if you don't, you know, do anything with it. Tyler. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. This movie I get I, it resonates a lot more with me. I I married the love of my life earlier this year, but I met her when I was 
this year, last year, you're right. Uh, I met her when I was 23 and she was 27. So the smart, rush- I did, I did, I did the older wife <laughs> as well, as well. And so the rush to grow up is very, it's very much there. And when you watch Shaun of the Dead, the the trials that he goes on, sparked by the zombie apocalypse, are the trials that I think every young man or woman, but I can't necessarily speak to that experience, have to go through to make it work with the person you love you know like when the zombie apocalypse hits what does sean do he collects his mom he collects his girlfriend he grabs his best friend and they go to his most comfortable place the winchester and then throughout the movie sean has to do what a lot of grown men have to do which is you know metaphorically obviously but he has to say goodbye to his mom his mom doesn't necessarily get taken from him he has to bid her adieu he has to come to terms with the person who made him feel like not a man all his life, which is his stepfather. He has to literally like burn down his place of comfort because it's not servicing him anymore. It's become overrun with the negative, with uh, the lazy, with the zombies. And then finally, the last thing he has to do is set appropriate boundaries with his best friend so that he can make it work with the woman he loves. Uh, And I think that is like what this whole movie is about and the exact thing that went over young Tyler's head. And it's really, as you can point to the, the, the series of trials Sean has to endure in this movie and say, this is a movie about a man growing up. And I think it's so well done. Edgar Wright's a genius. Simon Pegg's a genius. Nick Frost is hilarious. Everyone's just top of their game. Allie closes out on this one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one of the things I love about this movie is the rewatchability. It's like it's like Arrested Development in that way, where it's built to rewatch. You're gonna each time you watch it, you are gonna get another joke or see another foreshadowing that comes to fruition. So I just I enjoy it on that level. Just each time I rewatch it, because there is something new that I find each time. But watching it after being working for you know extended period of time, like in the adult world, definitely I feel the zombie apocalypse as like capitalism slash our lives metaphor that like i think zombies was like started as uh much harder where it is like even if you didn't have a dead-end job even if you were working a good job we still all are doing that for the most part that shuffle into work the like sitting there on autopilot and just feeling like your life is just happening to you versus you being active in your life like I feel like the majority of us, like who's actually that excited about going to work every day? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. No, no, there was, there was a tweet about that recently. Um, I, uh, I would be remiss if I did not ask this question because we're all talking about love here. Who is actually the love of Sean's life? Is it Liz or is it really Ed? Al, who is the love of Sean's life? I mean, it's Ed. It's definitely Ed. I mean, he he loves Liz, and I think he's so happy to be with her at the end. But like, what's the last scene of the movie? Like, he's with his best friend. <laughs> exactly. His best friend is a zombie now. He is not like living anymore, and he is still choosing to spend his free time with his best friend that he loves to death, literally. So yeah, it's Ed. Amanda. Ooh, this is tough. Um, cause I, f- I feel like with Sean, there's two different needs that they feel, but I mean, yes. romances though, or, or romances are powerful. Uh, I mean, I watch 
my other half with his bromance. Like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I know exactly who would be in the shed <laughs> if, if the zombie apocalypse hits. Um, and, uh, you know, it, oh, this is tough. You know, oh, I'd been, uh, but the movie does, I, you know, I, I concede to Al, the movie does go, that's the last thing you see mm. is Sean and Ed playing video games, just like how everything started as if the world was just fine, even though Ed is a zombie. So the bromance wins on this one. The bromance wins. Tyler. Uh, I'm going to reluctantly, I'm going to give it to Liz though. I think like everything I was just saying, the, the movie is about him choosing to grow up. A lot of people could like, he could be very happy on the couch playing video games with his best friend forever. But the movie is him essentially being forced to reject that and choose Liz, choose growth, choose growing up and being that person. Uh, And I think the cherry on top of it all is that, look, if you do choose that route, you still get to play some games with your best friend. If you do it right, you still get to have your two loves. What about you, Allie? I I disagree. I definitely think Ed, when (laughs) coming down, who was he more focused on? Liz is screaming at him saying, Sean, I can't hold them. Like really trying to get Sean's attention. And he is a hundred percent focused on Ed. He is devastated. He is worried about what is happening to Ed. And even after Ed is potentially being eaten, he's still screaming for Ed, even though he likely wouldn't have survived all of the zombies coming at him. You know, he does. And that moment of where they, they have the fart, it's like their last funny moment together and they put their heads together. Oh. And there's just this, you know, I last night had tears in my eyes. Cause that is so, that is the most loving moment of the whole movie. That silent of putting their foreheads together and just having that last moment together. As much as he loves Liz, and he does, and he does, and, I, and Tyler, I see everything you're saying, but man, it's just... No, I think Ali made me relent a little bit. I, yeah, after this, I'm going to call my best friend, Sam Levesque, shout out. Love you, buddy. Brother, <laughs> cousin, distant cousin of Paul Levesque. Uh, only Amanda will get that. Um, it's, um, it's, yeah, it is, Ed, because, like, like, you have a hard time with both of them. It's like, okay, what does he love about Liz? What does he love about Ed? Like Liz is always mad at him and Ed's always making, and he's always mad at Ed. But at the end of the day, like you said, Allie, it's that scene where he just, he farts. <laughs> and it's, which is such a dude thing. But when they put the heads together, that's just, and there's, it's just, he, he's just lost it. And he's just like, get out. And he, he does the heroes goodbye, or he has the cigarette in his mouth. And he says, he says like, I love Cheers. you. And, Cheers. And then he, you know, he responds as he always does, uh, just moments of sentiment. And I really think that's just like he does that's his that's his soulmate. Um, well, Allie has a way of doing this. I think I think I changed my answer. I think I'm wrong. You're smart. Uh <laughs> let's get into something a little lighter. Let me ask before we get into our ratings and all that stuff about everyone on this podcast, I guarantee has watched this movie and thought, what would I do? If there's a zombie apocalypse, guys, what is your Winchester? When I say what's your Winchester, I I want you to think this in two parts. One, the place you would go, probably a bar, that you know you'd be able to hold out the zombie apocalypse. And the second part is the one the bar you always go up into, and you probably would end up there anyway. For me, very niche answer. And these are all going to be very niche answers because they're local stuff, right? It's the Broadway Bar and Grill in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. Why? 
One, heavy doors. Two, doors. bars on the windows. Three, in a marina, I can get in a boat. 3A, I don't know how to drive a boat. Yeah. Um, grill behind the bar so I don't ever have to go to a kitchen outside. So that's why I would do it. And there's a liquor store in there. So I can just drink as much as I want. So Broadway Bar and Grill. But if I'm going to say what's my Winchester, uh, yeah, it would be the local bar around the corner from my in-laws where I spent many a time. Again, oh, it used to be really good because there was like very small windows. Now there's bigger windows. And I completely would be, I'd be so dead if I went there. I, it would like, it was big like the Winchester windows too. So not going to work out for me. Al, what is your Winchester, the one you're, you definitely would feel safe in and the one you probably would end up in? I don't have one that I would feel safe in. I, I don't because like, I don't. You've never thought about this. No, I I've thought about this. I I don't have like one. I'm sorry. I don't have one that I would like. Oh, it's this bar. Like it's not I, the one that I like. It's really or a place. I could say that the too. place that I think would be the best Costco. Why? I, I mean, mean, besides the food, you got like multiple levels of doors. So you got the the glass doors, the sliding ones, and then the, the the next set, which I believe are either heavy doors or ones that come down, like um like the like the garage metal, doors, like garage door, gated doors, whatever you want to call it. Um, food, you have an ass ton of food to last you, um, and everything's there you need furniture, uh, utensils. Again, food, food is important. Again, you can't just survive on hard lumps and peanuts. Um, yeah, so hog I, lumps, I, by the hog way, hog lungs, hog lumps and peanuts, uh, <laughs> hog lungs, whatever. I got you hog call lungs, it. hog lungs. Uh, the fucking uh, uh, pork rinds, pork rinds and fucking um, peanuts. peanuts. No, I mean there's actual food there. There's um, like camping equipment. There's things to make fires. There's actual furniture that you can like sleep on and beds and things like that. They have like. Like, I'm sure uh, some Costco's have guns. I was I was thinking that too. Costco, there's some Costco's that have guns. There's some Costco's that have alcohol. So, you know, just you know, thinking ahead. Amanda, what's your Winchester? What's your what's your zombie escape plan? So we have a grocery store chain here in Texas called H E B, and it is. Oh, so that's why they're in H E B Center in like. Like there's a, it's an arena, right? How, yes. The, the butt family. Yes. B-U-T-T. <laughs> um, yeah. So there is a, so, so we have smaller H-E-Bs, but we also have what's called an H-E-B plus, which is like a Costco, like a Walmart. I mean, we're probably Walmart's our closest direct competitor, but yeah, um, they have everything possible, liquor, food. They've got some, some of them have like kitchens. I mean, it, yeah, that for zombie survival, I would hole up in an HEB plus because those things are huge. Um, I live right down the street from one of them. So <laughs> I'm going to hole up there. Uh, and I, I'm not as worried about weapons because probably we'll have Brandon with me and he's got all that covered. So between the two of us, I think we're we're good Glad yeah to know your boyfriend has an arsenal yeah wow. he he has a ready bag he has a ready bag um wow, at all times so yeah he so that that if now if it were up to me too besides hub is the main survival plan but there is a local bar here <laughs> called mad peckers and um they've got bars <laughs> in the windows yeah 
Uh, it's, a, it's a small craft brewery, so they have a craft beer on tap. Uh, they only have two doors, so it's like you have to funnel everyone in if they're coming in, and they've got you know tables everywhere, and it's just a nice big bar behind there. So I mean, there's just spots to kind of stop and things you can place up against the doors to stop zombies from coming in. But the food is really good, and uh, I'm, I'm right next to a bunch of beer, and I will fight to defend my craft beer. <laughs> Tyler, um, for for me, this uh, I've thought about this a lot. Again, shout out to Sam Levesque when we were kids in high school playing Nazi zombies from Call of Duty. We would literally just give each other like a season, a time of day, and like how many hours into the apocalypse. And we're like, you're you're in this basement, now you have to go. Shout out to my former coworker, Nikki Picoro. We used to do this all the time oh. when we ran a bar magazine. We would be like, all right, which of these bar? We would analyze every bar <laughs> and which one was good. We'd find all the weaknesses and strengths of every bar at the Jersey Shore. So if anyone has any questions, just, you know, you could DM me at Bodkin Writes. Um, so mine, I've given this some thought, and it's a bit of a cheat, but it's the Lime Tavern in East Lime, Connecticut. And the reason for that is it is a bar that is attached to a marina. And a marina See? is where you want to be when the shit hits the fan. That's what I said with the Broadway. We had right yeah, it's like, boat. It's like rich people yachts too. So it's like they're probably well stocked. There's probably like an antique musket you can use or something if, if you really need to. And yeah, you can travel the shoreline. Zombies can't swim. And if they can, they deserve to get me. Uh, wow, it looks like they they serve a heck of a prime rib here. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking at Google. I'm sorry. I like a good steak. Uh, Ellie, what about you? So for the place I feel safest, I would say I'm a crazy person. So I definitely, I'm prepared for the zombie apocalypse at all time during the pandemic. I started to just weirdly hoard food. We, we Tyler and I had different reactions. He was like, we need batteries and duct tape. And I was like, I need to buy all the snacks possible in case they stop food production. So we still have just a crazy amount of food that I think could last us for probably years um, because I'm that crazy. If we really rationed it, I think we could do years uh and we also i want to know where my entrances and exits are so we have like our main front door but then we also have our escape route on our fire escape so i feel like i like that we have multiple ways to get on the fire escape everything like that so i definitely would feel safe in our home i think we both know the weapons we would go to because we have our like if a home intruder comes in we're both these are the weapons we're reaching for we have multiple oh, ones in each room oh yeah i'm so, one of the, i'm one of those people i i'm i'm within arm's length of a weapon at all times yeah. Yeah. We have knives. This, this, this is a deep. This is a. I thought the Home Alone revelation was something. This is a deep dive into your life. No guns. I'll say that. Yeah, no guns. No, we're not gun we're not the, But when we met, we had both bought self defense, like independent from each other, bought self defense batons. So like, and I have two different sizes. One is a travel one that I can you, have. So you're literally daredevil, daredevil. at this point. Yeah. You're yeah, literally. because I'm, imagine you're a burglar. You come into the apartment, you see me, and I like flick one of those telescopic batons. This is a whole bunch of more trouble you than see, it's worth. You're you leaving. Flick out our baton. Yeah. You're gonna be like, I'm not. Right if I'm so awesome. in the apartment. Exactly. Jesus Christ. So I actually feel safest in my apartment because I'm prepared for this because I'm a crazy person. But so try to link up with you guys is what exactly. I'm hearing. We need to find a meeting point. Okay, on the podcast, let's give everyone our address. Yeah. We are three eight. Hey, I dare you. Um, okay. So we're gonna get fucking batoned. <laughs> we got two more. 
Yeah, I would ahead. say my actual Winchester is I was in a bowling league for 10 years. So I, it's this bar that's a bowling alley slash dive bar called The Gutter. Picture The Gutter and this is, you know, Great exactly names. right. Uh, in man. Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And I would go to The Gutter because there was a, an Ebola outbreak in New York a couple, a few years ago. Yeah, now. I remember that. And wow. the person actually followed my exact route, went on my train and went to The Gutter and Ebola bowled, like Ebola was a big joke in that bar for a long time. And we still played in the league that week. They had to shut down for a couple of days. They were like, we cleaned everything. Everything was exactly. So cool. what you're <laughs> saying is <laughs> this bar survived the Ebola virus. Exactly. And if it can survive that, it can survive anything. So yeah. again, we need Solid. to link up. We need to link up with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I could use some bowling balls as like good weapons too. you know, especially yeah. with the aim. You can get some zombies down. At the very least, dying while boxing zombies with bowling balls is how I want to go. And there's pool cues, which they use in this movie. Yes. Okay. Let's. We're gonna. We're gonna wrap this up. Officially. <laughs> Officially gonna wrap this up, guys. Let's. We're gonna rate this film on a scale of one of zero to ten. Dead Ed's in the shed. This one Al allowed me to do. He said, "You know what? You did okay, man. You did okay." So we're just gonna give our number. We've talked about how much we love this movie. On a scale of zero to ten, dead Eds in the shed. This is getting a ten for me. This is one of my all, this is one of a top ten movies for me of all time, undoubtedly. Um, love it, Amanda. I'm gonna go ten as well. I, I, it's smart comedy. It is. It's so well rounded. There's so much you get from this movie. I feel like each time you watch it, um, you get something new and just friendship, man. Romance, friendship. I mean, it's so it's so great. I just and Bill Nye, Bill Nye. <laughs> yeah, um, even for the short bit that we have him, but it's just it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So it's a ten for me. Alfred. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a million million it's out a of forty. 000. It's a million out of ten. It's, million out of ten. Again, it's my it's it's literally my favorite movie. It's uh, I don't know. It's the phoenix of movies. Yeah, but you don't annoy me with this movie. That's right. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, Allie. Yeah, I, I'm with Al. It's tied for first. I love Shaun of the Dead and Eternal Sunshine for different, they they have different moods that they both like fill in my heart. And it's so easy, I think, to make a spoof movie. And this movie is just a love letter and like does everything, but it's still its own movie. It actually has these scary kills has really heartbreaking moments and is genuinely scary at moments. And I just think it's so brilliantly written. It has that rewatchability. I just, I, I could talk about how much I love this movie for like 10 more hours. Tyler. Excuse me. Uh, same deal. hundred percent, 10 out of 10, like Amanda and Ali both said, you can, this movie is so dense and perfectly written and lovingly shot I, I watched it last night to prepare for this podcast and saw things I hadn't seen in my million other watches of this movie. And I could watch it again tonight and still find something new to love about it. It tells a brilliant story. It tells a funny story, which is why 13-year-old Tyler, who didn't know a thing about life, found it delightful. And so does adult Tyler, but for very different reasons. It's great. I did not watch this movie up into the... To prepare for this podcast because I've just seen it so many times and it just sticks with me. And all I have to do is see a, an image, a sound, anything from this. And it brings me back to a time and a place. It's fantastic. We love this movie and we thank everyone for joining us for uh, chapter one of our Cornetto trilogy rewatch guys. Let's tell everyone where they could find us 
on the internet. Amanda, tell us where people can find you. Uh, primarily on Instagram at Amanda Lorian. Uh, just doing random nerd things. I'm getting ready to, of course, share all things Star Wars because we're coming up on an exciting year in the Star Wars world. Uh, we have 47 episodes of The Bad Batch season two to watch. I know. First two are already out. And that's, are we doing pop culture recommendations? Right no, now, we're going to we're going to oh, pass yeah. on that because we we are well all past okay. times for this one. Yes, yes, indeed. But that's, <laughs> that's that would be yeah. mine. That would be mine. If I if I had to pick Bad Batch, first two episodes dropped this week. They were great. Amanda, as a good host, knows how to break the rules. Um, Allie, where could people find your work? Where can people find you on the Internet? And tell you, us about your podcast as well. Oh, yes. You can find my entertainment writing on Parade.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at anal retentive, A-N-E-L-R-E-T-E-N-T-I-V-E. I think I spelled that right, but I'm unsure. Um, and, not funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can also uh, find Tyler and I uh, for our podcast, Not Couple Goals, where we talk about erotic thrillers, romantic thrillers. Uh, we're looking for some more erotic ones. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we have guests. We've had Bill, I'm sure we will have you other two at some point if we're lucky. Uh, yeah. And I think next week you're, or in two weeks, you're going to have your Cruel Intentions podcast coming out. With That's Alex. right. Yeah. That's our next movie, a that, seminal erotic thriller. Oh, uh, let's not even get started on that shit. Um, Al, <laughs> no, Tyler, Tyler, tell us about how much you love pro wrestling. <laughs> uh i i love it a lot because it's keeping the lights on in this apartment uh because i my friends uh work for nbc universal specifically working on usa insider it's an editorial website for all things usa network that includes chucky that includes the wwe nascar and a whole bunch of really cool stuff that's upcoming uh that i'm excited for people to get to see uh, you please listen to our podcast. It's on the newly crowned Pop Break Today feed. Uh, get it wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Tyler McCarthy, where I'm mostly reacting to things Bill and Al are doing. Thanks. And uh, sneaky pop culture recommendation, Evil Dead the Game. Okay, thank you. Oh, all right. Uh, Alphonse, tell us where people can find all your beautiful photos <laughs> of that killer Mike of run the jewels uh thought was pretty rad himself oh that was very nice uh thank you killer mike uh and rtj forever um you can find me at al manorino on twitter and instagram uh pop culture recommendation even though i said let's not do them glass glass onion on netflix holy shit what a great movie uh bill you still need to watch knives out add that uh, dvr it's gonna be on tnt on sunday and i'm dvring it and i'm gonna get yeah, I can't, the it's oldest not... fucking sentence you've ever said on this yeah, podcast yeah. it's the oldest <laughs> sentence. No, no it's I'm not DVRing, no, I, i'm dvring no, it on no, 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 tnt no. first off first off Come i have on. said way older doing? things Way older doing? things. I've talked about cassette tapes. I've talked about way older shit. I've talked about how there was a black and white TV in my, my kitchen growing up. Shut up. Uh, anyway, so I'm DVRing Knives Out on TNT. Fuck you guys. Jesus Christ. I love you guys. I would argue that going through extreme lengths to not have to rent something digitally is a pretty young thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was on Prime. Is it not on Prime right now? It's for like five it? bucks, but I, it was just there, and I'm just like, you know what? Now I have to watch it. Why does the Netflix who bought the rights for the second and third These are movie, questions I have buy the rights the for the first one. I yeah. have talked to the old <laughs> gods and new. So annoying. All right. Fucking Netflix. Set, set us out, Bill. 
All right. I have a lot of stuff. So let's just let's get right to it. I launched a new podcast. It's called Anchored in Asbury. It's a monthly. Apparently, there's going to be two episodes this month, uh, but it is normally going to be a monthly interview series where I talk to musicians, promoters, uh, a venue, uh, people who work in venues, people who work in, uh, you know, in the music scene. Um and it's all centered in or else steeped or anchored in Asbury Park. I just interviewed uh, the lead singer of a Disney tribute band called the Little Mermen, who stole the show. Al and I were both there at the See Here Now Music Festival in Asbury Park. Um, they literally started with a crowd of like 100 people and it ended it with like 2000 people. They basically take the classic Disney songs and just put make them into like rock epics and like pop up bangers and like they are phenomenal and they got a huge they have a huge footing in asbury park if you're listening to this podcast on january 6th they're playing house independence in asbury park go check them out that's going to be a monthly on pop break today also coming out real soon on pop break today season two of bill versus the mcu and i made a little reference to it before but yeah daredevil season one that is what alex and i are talking about i just about finished with the series uh, i tell tyler and al all about how much i love it and that's my pop culture recommendation yeah go see daredevil go watch it it's great it's freaking amazing um also go check out everything on thepopbreak.com we're entering our 14th year this year which makes absolutely no sense to me um thepopbreak.com on twitter at the pop break on instagram at the pop break check out all our podcasts and come back next week because we're going to be talking about hot fuzz get ready to bring the noise <laughs>